episode is brought to you by D2DCon4, the number one business conference in the door-to-door and direct sales industry. With an unmatched speaker lineup, exclusive workshops, hand-picked vendors, awards, high-level networking, and more. Come and learn from the one percenters in the business and leadership industry. David Goggins, John Maxwell, Tim Story, Hal Elrod, Brad Lay, and Sam Taggart. Go to d2dcon4.com to reserve your seat today. Limited tickets are available. Don't miss out. Go to d2dcon4.com and get your tickets before they sell out. Hey everybody, this is Sam Taggart with the DDD Podcast, and I am here solo today, which is going to be exciting. I've been working on this book, Achievement Framework, and I've been trying to share some of the principles and practices, and, and this is just one of my ways of writing the book, is kind of speaking through some of the stories, talking through some of the principles, uh, and you know, before I get started, reminder, door-to-door cons coming up January 8th and 9th. We are doing it live. Uh, a lot of these speakers, David Goggins, John Maxwell, uh, Hal Elrod, Tim Story, Bradley, and many others. We've got Chance Allred and Paul Dixon, VP of um, Vivint Solar, and now Sunrun. And you've got guys like uh, Casey Baugh, who was one of the VPs at uh, Vivint Inc. You have guys like, uh, man, there's, there's tons, Brandon Hall and Alex Hall. On recruiting, they were senior recruiting directors. Uh, you have guys that are doing finance. You have guys that are talking on business and strategy, like David Barnes, who helped be the mergers and acquisitions guys for Protection One and bought like many companies and took many companies public. Uh, you have guys like Jonathan Gibbs, who sold this company for 50 million plus. You have guys, you just have a lot of really cool strategic speakers um, that are very high level. You have Travis Chapel who has one of the top-rated podcasts, Build Your Network, interviewed guys like uh, Grant Cardone, and um, you have John Marone, you have um, all sorts of cool uh, uh, workshops. So I think a lot of, like my workshop lineup is stronger than most main stage lineups. And anyway, uh, the fact that we're having a live event should should excite a lot of you guys. So anyway, I don't want to hit that too hard. Um, I want to dive into this. This is a, a huge... Uh, focus of mine is just the difference between a promise and a goal. I feel like so many times people get so attached to goals and they're like goal setting, New Year's resolution, and what's your goal today? And what's your goal this week? When I think goals are kind of crap, I'll be honest. Like I I found that a lot of people, and maybe if you're listening to this, you disagree. uh, I'd love to hear you guys' feedback and comments as I read this book. But what happens is a goal is, you know, in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, there's this, the definition of goal is the end towards which effort is directed. That's it. The end towards which, or the end toward which effort is directed. Okay, so we have a goal. And then the definition in the same dictionary of promise is a legally binding declaration that gives the person to whom it is made a right to expect or to claim the performance or forbearance of a specified act. So if you were to ask yourself, like, which one would you think would be more likely to happen? Duh, the promise. And the promise is something that we, it's like a covenant. It's an agreement between three people, um, yourself, someone you choose 
to make this promise with, meaning there's like a reciprocant to a promise. And this is a, a huge part and a difference between a promise and a goal. And then the third one, which most people aren't probably thinking of, is their audience. And the audience could be an antagonist. It could be your community that's watching you, rooting for you, the cheerleaders, your social media fans, uh, your, your, your company in and of itself. And what ends up happening is when we make a promise, there's going to be some kind of consequence, pain, reward associated to where if we break this promise, it might be shame. We might lose relationships. We might lose lose out on a, little, a lot of respect, clout, where if we don't hit a goal, 99% of the time, there's no repercussion. Like it's just straight up like, hey, you didn't hit your goal. Like who cares? And you nine times out of 10 don't care. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of like what I want to talk about is there's these three major problems that I look at when we talk about goal setting. And, and I'm not saying don't have an end in mind, don't have a destination, don't have benchmarks in life that you're trying to accomplish. I'm just saying make them more of a commitment. And the three main problems that we run into with goals is the first one's negotiation. The second one is false dopamine. And the third one is there's no plan. And there's a statistic that says 92% of 17 million people that try to quit smoking each year fail. 95% of people who lose weight fail to keep it off long-term. 88% of people who set New Year's, on resolution, New Year's resolutions fail at their attempt. At 10% of the population has specific well-defined goals, but even then, 7 out of 10 of those people reach their goals 50% of the time. So you ask yourself, it's like, okay, that's the statistics. Are goals meaningful then? No. I mean, we're talking the 90s, 90 percentiles. I have a goal to, goal to stop smoking by the end of the year. It's like, okay, how many years have you said that? So it's funny because I had a goal to get a six pack and I still do by the end of this year. And I was about 185 pounds my whole life. And, you know, a lot of times I've tried to lose weight. I've talked about dieting and it's like, oh, I have a goal to do a meal plan. I have a goal to do this. I have a goal to like have a six pack. I have a goal to look good. Like there's been so many times that I've done that, but it's like, the reality is it never happened. And it wasn't until I made a promise, not to myself, but to my administrative assistant. And I said, I promise to pay you $1,000 every time I eat sugar between Monday and Friday. And I remember the first time I had lemonade, I had to vend more a thousand bucks. And I contemplated, I'm like, well, I didn't even know I had sugar. Like I had totally spaced, I forgot. But then it's like, no, but I made a promise. It wasn't the goal about the six pack. It wasn't a goal about the sugar. It was simply, I made a promise that I said, if I eat sugar, I promise to pay a thousand bucks. And there's been many times since then that I've paid her a thousand bucks and she gets excited, obviously, in those days, but she has nothing to gain. <laughs> she, has, she has no skin in this other than she collects money. So unfair to her or unfair to me, maybe not. Because many of you guys are like, why would you do that? Do that deal with me. But I look at it and I go, no, I'm doing the deal with myself because a goal does not have that deal. So when we look at the reciprocant of one, the promise is made with ourself first. So I promise not to make or eat sugar between Monday and Friday. I could very much so lie. I could very much so fib. The other day I had a marshmallow and I had a bowl of cereal and I kept just caving. It was a Thursday night. And I look back and I go, interesting. I... I ate sugar and I'm not going to tell Mallory. 
And so two days later, I'm feeling this insane guilt trip because I like to be very honest with people and I like to be very honest with myself. It's one of the things I've really tried to work on. And I got to the point where I was like, it's not worth my integrity. The thousand bucks isn't worth breaking a promise, not to her, but to myself. And, you know, when we set out to to sell a certain amount of sales or when we try to um, commit or maybe we we give our investors a promise and we say, hey, I'm going to I promise to 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 hit this revenue mark or I promise to sell this much or I promise to go out and work all the hours. That's a different that's a different conversation than I have a goal to sell this much and it should have some different meaning. And, you know, you're not going to take a promise lightly. I think a lot of times people, they, they take a goal too lightly. Why? Because they artificially spit out whatever imposters wants are, meaning like society imposes these goals that they feel like validated from by being like, Oh, I'm going to sell this much. I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars because that makes me feel validated, but they never made a, they never really internalize why they want to make a hundred thousand dollars. They don't even, they don't like, they, they just throw out a number because it feels good. And someone else is asking for a number from them and, and they didn't really put much thought to it. And so, you know, I, I look at it and I go, there's, there's a thing called leverage. And if you study coaching and as I consult and I work with a lot of people, it's, I try to get leverage, which means what's the pain associated and what's the pleasure associated um, if, if we were to not or, or accomplish the goal, right? And I thought about like different business leverage factors. And so I listed these out. And the first one is pain. So, or the, the pain factors is be letting someone down, getting beat by competition, losing money, losing people. A lot of times you lose these relationships, legal repercussions, cost of not changing, the repeated results. Everybody hates insanity when they're just doing things over and over again. You have overhead or expenses. If you don't grow, a lot of people forecast growth. And so they tack on a lot of overhead now in anticipation of profitability, relationship costs. So if you start to stay, let's weigh and put an actual tangible value to the pain associated if I don't hit my goal or I don't hit my target and actually like remember that on a constant basis. And then also associate the pleasures. So the business pleasures or the business factors of leverage could be, you know, change in salary or payout. So it's like, hey, I can finally start paying myself more. And that's been something I've started to actually like taste for the first time in three and a half years in business is it's like, oh, I'm hitting revenue targets where I'm actually going to pay myself. Like this feels really good. Uh, and then change in profit margin, stress level. I'm actually getting to a point where we're hitting our targets where I'm like, oh, I can Take a weekend off and not feel bad. I can be, you know, I'm going to go disappear for a week. And, you know, like stress level is a huge one. Freedom to do other things, time excess, uh, ability to conquer other projects. So it's like, you know, one of the projects that um, a lot of you guys don't realize that I'm focused on is the the door-to-door association. So we're working on a lot of really cool initiatives with uh, sex trafficking education, certifications, um, public relations, a documentary we're fundraising for. So if anybody wants to get involved on a committee, it's going to be a very, very global effort and uh, takes a lot of work. So that's stuff like if I can't free up and hit my targets and hit my revenue marks, then I can't go give back and do something cool like that, you know? Um, so another one would be the effect on those that you love, like, you know, meaningful friends, meaningful family. They, they, they see this energy getting sucked out of you. 
you know, passive income opportunities could be a big one. Like um, you could have, you know, different side hustles or real estate now coming in. You're building like actual wealth if you hit your sales targets and your goals and your budget right. Uh, clout in the marketplace, you know, obviously authority, recognition, things like that. So there's there's so many pleasures you could associate for hitting your sales numbers or hitting your 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 business numbers. And so I'm sure there's a ton of more. And I, and I think it'd be smart that as you set a promise, you actually associate, okay, if I hit these promises, um, I'm going to accomplish this, right? So um, we've all heard um, everybody in like a sales meeting. This is, this, is, this, is my, this is my favorite example I wanted to share was, you know, we're sitting in a correlation meeting with a bunch of sales guys and everybody says, you know, what's your goal today, Tommy? And they're like four. And that's like realistic. Then he goes to the next guy that's sitting next to him who hadn't sold in like weeks, who literally is broke as a joke. And all of a sudden he's like five. And you're like, well, okay. Like, no, no, no. What's, what's your goal today? He's like, it is five. Like, I, I, I've been studying. I've been working hard. And you're like, and and half the team will look at him and be like, okay, yeah, let's get it, man. Like, you got this, dude. Like, and they'll give him this, like, awesome, like, cheer. They'll, like, be like, that's so amazing. Where I look at it and I go, wait a minute. Stop giving him this praise because, you know, he's getting this false sense of dopamine. And that's, this is the second biggest problem is we get this false sense of dopamine every time we share our goal with somebody and they, they validate that goal and they make you feel good for saying the goal. But the reality is you haven't hit the goal and you never will. Like you, you haven't promised, you haven't committed to that goal and you haven't done the work or even come close to doing the work to get to the goal. So why am I giving you all the validation just by saying it? So we get in this fine gray line because obviously a lot of the books are like, Oh, share your goal with everybody and put it on the wall and like, like announce it so that you can have some accountability. I'm like, accountability is different than recognition. And oftentimes in the sales world, we get this recognition or dopamine hit when we share the goal. So be very cautious about you living on a high horse as if you already hit your goal and, you know, saying, I'm committed to this. Please hold me accountable to this journey. And I really know that it's going to be a long journey. And it sounds crazy that I'm on this journey. But I, I want you to be aware of like what journey I'm about to start. So, you know, I haven't hit yet. So I want to stay humble, but I'm committed to it. Totally different. And I watch people, you know, really get this false sense of dopamine a lot, especially in sales meetings. And I'm like, no, please just sell one before you sell five. Like, let's just get you on the board, you know. And, and sometimes you just want to call those guys out. And so and then the last one, the third is they don't have a plan. You know, it's like people put a goal, but they um you know, it, it, it takes like 30 seconds to put a goal. It's like, I want to make $100,000. Like, well, that took you literally no thought. And it may take a full day, a week, month, sometimes a year to actually put a proper plan in business and sales and, 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 and all the things, depending on how intricate your goal is. And most people don't have the emotional bandwidth or time commitment or energy to actually go put the plan together. So, you know, the low level people is they just set the goal and say, I'm going to do this but there's no actual like power behind that plan for the plan. And, you know, I, I really like the word foresight or in forecast. So I'm going to talk about the, the foresight um, is really the, 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 the Latin definition of four is there's the before, right? The, the, all the things leading up to, but then there's one element that means superior. So four also means superior. So it's the superior thinking it's the higher level of thinking beyond 
what our natural mind is probably thinking. So how do we have this foresight and forecast properly so that we can actually plan out a goal and, 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 and really make this realistic instead of just a pipe dream? And so the foresight really is, has to do with, you know, can we map out plan B? Do we anticipate the problems? Have we, are we aware of all of our weaknesses and potential roadblocks? Do we know how to, do we know how to leverage the team around us and resources that we have? Uh, do we anticipate future systems and different ways we're going to break ourselves as we scale, as we grow? And a lot of times we don't have the foresight. We can't think farther than three weeks ahead of ourselves or three months or one year. And so we're so limited on our planning and we're so limited on our ability to think farther. And that is a huge limitation where if you had a promise, you're going to say guns to my head, I'm going to do whatever it takes, no matter all the different roadblocks and, and, and challenges that come along the way when we're trying to accomplish something. Um, and forecasting is the ability to map out benchmarks and forecast like, okay, What's the clear path to make it easy to go to work? And if we just forecast, okay, year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, and we can actually set the stage, it makes it so much more tangible for everybody to hook their wagon to this train. Because a lot of times our inability to enroll others in our, in our, in our vision and enroll others in our goals and basically clearly define and forecast what it is we're going to be doing. Um, this is one of the biggest, like, roadblocks that we run into actually achieving what we want to achieve. And it's easy to be like, oh, I have a goal to do this, but it's hard to go forecast like, okay, this is the timing. This is the bell curve. This is like, it's going to be sucky for a year. And then all of a sudden it's going to shoot up because of X, Y, Z. You know, it's that whole theory of like, you know, a lot of times it's, it's chiseling like on marble, you know, it takes a hundred hits and you don't see anything happen. And all of a sudden the hundred and one hit, you just all of a sudden the marble cracks and you're like, well, was it the 101st hit or was it the 100 hits that nothing happened and then it was the 101st? But it's that forecasting of like, okay, it's going to take 100 hits with nothing happening and then 101st, it's probably going to start to crack around then. And then we're going to actually start to be able to chip away at the marble. And that's the ability of having that foresight forecast um, and in this goal setting exercise, right? And so anyway, I want to keep this short. But I, I really do appreciate you guys supporting me on my mission. I, I I wish I would have had more foresight. I knew that, and I still I, I think a lot farther in my opinion than a lot of people. And that's what's helped propel me in my my success. But I still feel like I'm such a novice. You know, I I, I look back to when I started this um, a little over three years ago, and you would have told me, "Hey, you're going to be doing X Y Z in in three four years." I'm, I would I would have said you're crazy. But now I've, I, I knew that there was going to be big stages. I knew that there was going to be a lot of congregation of people. I knew that there was going to be a lot of people I was going to impact through really making a difference. And I knew that I was going to piss a lot of people off. Like I, I forecasted a lot of rocks getting thrown at me and meaning, Hey, I'm going to put companies that have so much competition and so much hate. I'm going to start putting them in the same room and I'm going to say, Hey guys, be friends. And, you know, a lot of times that's, that's a scary thing to do when you're you know you're you have nothing to gain and nothing to lose a lot of times it's like i'm starting this nonprofit and i'm like raising money and i put a lot of money into it it's like why because i i, I foresee a day where this industry is united i foresee a day where some of the big players actually um play ball together and they and they put their resources together to actually 
make a change in legislation and licensing laws. I see a day where um, reps stop stealing money as much and we catch the bad guys in this and we expose them. I see days where companies don't get away with some of the crap that they do. And um, and there's a mediator that actually they have to answer to and some accountability and, and just like in other industries. And some people are like, no, that'll never happen. And I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's my vision with this whole mission is, is, you know, the consulting thing funds it, the, the speaking, the, the, the university and all the other stuff we do. But the reality is like my mission was to unify up level and bring honor and integrity to this door to our space. And, and I'm now starting to try to think, okay, 10 years, 10 years, how do I think farther than one year? How do I think past, you know, where, like, I look back 10 years, I was 20 years old. I was, you know, like, I hadn't even really done this like at all. And I fast forward another 10 years and it's like, man, I believe we can accomplish way more than we believe. And it's just having that foresight and forecast to actually set out to go do it. And uh, I invite anybody that's listening to this to start thinking bigger, to start practicing um, planning and start practicing anticipating the future in a much more powerful way. And then to make a promise and not to renegotiate in the emotional thick of the journey but to say I commit and I don't negotiate no matter what, anything less than my promise. And I appreciate you guys listening to this. I hope that you got something out of it. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Knocking, 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 knocking.